0: Welcome to another episode of the Scrumcast. I'm Jade Meskill.
1: I'm Clayton Lengelzigic. I'm Roy Vanderwater. I'm Drew Lesweir.
0: I'm Chris Connebier. So today we're going to talk a little bit about leadership. And I, I had a question asked me recently about, you know, if I have all these people on a team and they, you know, have the same positions and they really don't have different titles, you know, how do I identify leaders within that group?
1: Uh, So one thing I've heard, I think I've heard you say this, Jade, uh, maybe on a previous podcast, is the idea that um, a leader is someone who, um, rather than being like the best coder or, um, yeah, really, the best coder, that kind of thing, you're the kind of person that will bring the people around you up, uh, so improve those around you, uh, kind of as a definition of what makes a leader on on an Agile team. I've always liked that. I think that's a good idea.
2: And I I really like the uh, definition from um, Fierce Conversations that the author gives where uh, it's, I believe she says that the person who is able to state the closest version of reality to the truth without placing blame will naturally emerge as a leader.
0: That's great.
3: I'm thinking, when I think about leaders, I think that there can be, you know, leaders in different areas. Like, there may be one person who champions the, you know, the technical excellence and they, you know they 're not afraid to call people out for you know not not conforming to best practices and so on, and they can be a leader in that you know there can also be a leader people who are a leader in you know the social aspect the personal aspect of a team, and everybody looks to them on you know how to uh, how to treat people or, or different different categories and I think how to identify a leader is it, it 'll be obvious like it 'll be totally obvious to everyone. That they're the leader in that aspect because that's what makes a leader is somebody who they are the leader and people know it, and it just be kind of a natural a natural occurrence.
4: I think building upon what Drew says, there part of it is uh, comes from trust. You know, where you start to trust people and you start to have where you're willing to work with them so they can help build you up. So not only do they help build the people up, but they're they're building the trust around them. And I think when it comes to self-selection, you are going to see where it becomes obvious. People will flock to them for certain situations. People will look to them for guidance. And the team will actually take their guidance and start to, you know, chew on it. And that that's when you start to see where the leaders are coming out because people are trying to really understand where that person's coming from because they respect it.
1: Yeah, I also think that um, in the more traditional sense where you've got a team and – you know, there's kind of like this power vacuum and, and somebody's trying to be the, the best and kind of hold everyone down. You know, the idea of, I'm going to become the leader by stepping on everyone on the way up kind of thing. And that's maybe more traditional. But I think when you've got a more, um, you know, high functioning agile team, you it's more cyclical where you might have somebody, like Drew was mentioning, that champions a certain issue or, or is kind of a leader in some area. But then maybe they're um, going through some stressful thing at home. And so, their mind is kind of away from the team um, for a few months, or, or you know, they're, or they're working on some specific project, um, and, and they kind of lose sight of some of those things. I think a lot of times you'll see that um, other people will step up, and just for the sake of, uh, not because they have a selfish interest necessarily in becoming the leader, but because they understand that for the team to succeed, they still need those people that are pulling everyone up when, even when you know, some people are feeling a little bit down or maybe not wanting to. Um, you know, not seeing that they have to put in the extra work, but there's always those people that are willing to step up and say, "Hey, you know, we still need to do this, even if it's temporary. If it's just a cyclical thing."
2: So, what's the real value that you're trying to
0: get out of identifying the leader? I guess you you asked the question, "How do you identify yeah. a leader?" Jade. What, so what so let's say I'm out? on the outside looking in, right? I'm an executive or or some you know uppity up, and I come in and I look at, I survey this team, right? This agile team that I'm investing resources and time and and you know things into. How do I, as a leader myself, who's not familiar with this type of work, how do I identify who is leading within this group? So uh, my question would be, does it really matter who is leading? Maybe sure. it does it, to me, but it, it
2: sounds more like it, it's uh, important for him to sit down with the team and the team can explain or somebody else can explain that that's not necessarily a valuable concept anymore. So wh- how is that not a valuable concept? Like what do you like because if you're not gonna do anything with that information, if that just increases your confidence in the team, then it doesn't really add add uh, value because you can add that same value by explaining that it's not really necessary to know who the leader is, but if you want to know because I, I don't know you want to to promote somebody, I mean, I guess that type of stuff like what would what would you do with that information if you did know who the leader was
0: so maybe this team's performing outperforming my other teams two to one, and I want to start disseminating this knowledge or bring bring some of these attributes to another team who who do I go to to start that process
1: so I remember reading and I they have no idea where this was but um, it was this concept of if you wanted to figure out who the the best person from a particular team was um, and maybe this is synonymous with leader in this context would be if you pulled everyone aside on the team and you said if you had to Uh, If you had to work with somebody on this team uh, day in, day out, and it was, I can't remember if the context was that it was like, you know, your job depended on or anything. I think it was more in the context of who would you want to work with on a day-to-day basis where it's not necessarily that your friend, but your performance and as far as getting along with that person, uh, you know, who would that be? And I think the example they illustrated, this was something that someone had done uh, in real life. And a number of people all kind of picked out this one guy. And the, this one person wasn't the best coder. Um, he wasn't the most outspoken, but he was the c- person that communicated most effectively with everyone. He got along with everyone, and everyone enjoyed, you know, spending their time working with that that person. Um, I, I think, you know, if you're looking for a way to uh, find out who the leader on an agile team is, and you don't have the time to spend observing them, which I think is probably the only way you really could figure that out, um, you know, I think getting to the human element is probably the best way to figure figure that out. I think the leaders are going to be the ones that are the most interactive and the most communicative, um, not necessarily the best coders.
0: So, so using that method, does that help me find out who is leading the team or who gets along best inside the team?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that you'll probably find that um, I, I would guess that the people that – I think when – maybe get along is not the right word because – Um, I think there's some element of respect there. And I think when you get people on the team to, when people on the team respect you, I think that puts you in an easy position to lead from that point. And so maybe that person isn't necessarily leading in the traditional sense right now, but the fact that everyone has their respect and like Chris pointed out, has their trust, um, and they're willing to be vulnerable with that person, they could with a little bit of push, um, start leading or start going a certain direction.
0: So so let's say though that I really enjoy working with you, Clayton, and, and we really we work well together, we do a good job, um, and you know, things are things are going really well. But Roy is really the person that challenges me to be better and a lot of times I don't like it. I don't like what he has to say because he's saying hard things to me that, you know, maybe aren't aren't mean spirited but are very challenging to the status quo of what you and I have going on and we really like working with each other. How do, you, how do you think that would emerge if you were to take that approach to identifying leadership?
1: Yeah, maybe you'd have to modify your question. And, and Instead of saying you know, who's the person that you'd most want to work with, you could maybe add a modifier. You know, who's the person that you'd most want to work with that you feel like uh, if you spent the next six months working with this person that you would be a better employee, better coder, better uh, whatever? You know, who, on, who on the team um, would improve you the most? And maybe that gets back to the idea that leaders are the ones that improve those around them.
0: So let's let's uh, switch gears a little bit and, and kind of go down, Roy, where you were leading. I think a little bit is uh, what is the value of leadership in an agile team?
2: So, I mean, the the value of leadership itself is is kind of what what Clayton was pointing out, where uh, it's somebody that's trying to challenge and and champion certain causes to try to try to improve the entire team. Sometimes even at the cost of the leader, right? or uh, of the public opinion of the leader. I think that's a valuable concept in a agile team. I don't think it's import- I don't think it's necessary for there to be one leader. I think you could have several champions of different causes and everybody's got their own like little thing that they're championing and holding the rest of the team accountable to. I don't really see like as if if I were outside an agile team, I don't see what value I would get out of knowing who the leader is if there is one person who is more of a leader than the rest.
1: Yeah, I think on a self-organizing team, like the, the more self-organizing and the more high uh, efficiency you get as an Agile team, the less it, important it is to have a specific leader. Um, I think the journey from being a normal team to a you know highly self-organized team, uh, I think it is important to have <clears throat> people. If, you know, maybe it's one person at the beginning then it's two people, whatever. Um, but if, eventually you kind of get to what uh, you know, Roy's uh, ideas of having lots of people that are Holding everyone accountable for some aspect, rather than having one person trying to be responsible for everything.
2: And I, I think that's a problem too. Like, if you have if you have a leader, then you have a team that doesn't pass the hit by a bus test, right? Like, if you got an entire team where if one if you were to remove one element from that team, the entire team gets destroyed. Like, that's a huge issue, and that's that's something that as a organizational leader, like if you're the CEO of a company, I don't think that's something that you can afford to have.
3: Yeah, also, going to the question, you know, what is the value of a leader? Um, we touched on. You know, leader is someone who lifts up the whole team, and so that's a definite value. You know, if if you can identify a reward or encourage that kind of behavior of lifting up the whole team as a whole, that's a good thing. And a leader does that. I think uh, what a leader leader also does is uh, they're a good decision maker. They can make decisions, and if you can identify a leader in in that aspect, then you know if you have a question, you you know who to ask, and they you, you trust their intuition or you trust their experience or their expertise or whatever. And I think that's good to know, to identify that, um, uh, you know, the team, the, like I said before, the team, I think, will will know naturally, just having worked with the team, to know identify who they trust to ask questions. Um, you know, somebody outside like you, Jade, if you're asking, you know, you might not know at first glance. So it, um, that that's another reason why it would probably be a good idea to identify somebody, a leader in that respect.
1: Yeah, I think we know from our experience that um, there is a real – you know, the real case of someone like from the outside for either a promotion or, you know, we need to do some kind of performance or there's something that's baked into our corporate culture that says uh, we do a, we do this kind of HR thing a certain way. Um, I need to figure out who, you know, uh, this new job opened up. Someone else moved on to this other company. You know, I, I'm looking at all my teams. Who do I promote? Um, I think that's a very real thing that happens. So, you know, being able to have a way to figure out who the leaders are so that you could, as, uh, you know, someone that's. And upper management, uh, you know, promote someone that you could be confident in to excel in that position. I think that's a very realistic thing.
4: I think that. I think that also too that we're seeing uh, a definition change of what leader is, um, because <clears throat> if you look back historically, leader in a lot of aspects, especially in corporations and in large businesses, it's been more about control and influence mechanisms. That's why we've had a leader in a lot of instances. It's not the leader makes some of the best choices and, yes, pushes the team, but also a lot of times they're looking for who can control this team and who can influence this team. I think that with Agile and with with the teams that we're trying to build and that we're going towards is where we want the team to help make those goals and have the team help figure out where they're going and they influence one another instead of one person. So I think that also in this conversation you talk about what is the definition of a leader for corporations going forward do we need to take a look at changing that definition is that part of what we're trying to do too is help in changing what people are expecting of a supposed leader within these teams
0: so one one final question to wrap up what does it take to become a leader from inside of a team I think the the only way to naturally become a leader from
2: inside a team is to earn the uh, the other teammates respect. Like I think I think the attitude of, I like I completely understand what Drew was saying as far as you trust a leader who's able to make decisions, but if you jump in and start giving orders, that's not going to get you anywhere. In fact, if anything, it's going to piss people off. So I think maybe at first it's just by asking questions and showing that you have an understanding and start building respect that you are willing to both uh, put in the time and effort it takes to understand what's going on and to uh, to help help promote the team and also that you are willing to take responsibility for when things go wrong in the team. Like if you're the guy who says, okay, I, I screwed this up, this is my fault, that's going to build a lot more trust than I never make mistakes.
1: So I would say that the best advice I got um, was basically to be an asshole. And <laughs> <laughs> And, and that doesn't necessarily mean be a jerk. Um, I think the way that that got translated in my mind was uh, do the right thing even when it's not popular. Um, I think that's a kind of a life lesson you probably learned sometime in middle or high school. Um, you, know, you, you do the right thing even when it's not popular, and that usually pays out in spades. Uh, I think that same thing applies to um, you know, improving those around you, leading the team, um, even if you're going to take some flack for it and maybe people aren't going to like you for a while. Um, you know, it's the right thing. And and that's the the best thing to do.
3: Part of it, I think, is just uh, you're born with it. I think some people are born with, like, a natural uh, tendency to lead, and they just have it. It's like they're just cool. (laughs) So uh, I think there's an aspect to that that separate people have that's unique to them, and and they're a leader, and they're just kind of a natural leader. Um, It's not to say that some people uh, can't learn that or earn that. But I think there's a token of that.
4: Another thing I think, too, is important, especially for a leader coming up through is communication skills, because one, in learning that trust and also becoming part of that team, talking about fierce conversations, going back to where really thinking about the way that you communicate with those people on the team, that you're getting information from them, and the team realizes that, that they're not just a cog in the wheel, but you actually listen to them and you want to take with the the input that you get that they give and you want to use that for bettering the team. So I think that being a good listener and you know being able to deal with that uncomfortable silence is also something that you know especially if you're coming up through the ranks dealing from with a team people like to see that they have somebody that they can actually talk to and that will really listen to them.
0: Great. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to the Scrumcast and we'll talk to you next time.